Thank you, worship team. Yeah. So my name is Adam Casel. I'm the vision and administration pastor here on staff. Um, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker. But before I do that, if you didn't know, this past week was our VBS, a week with the Good Shepherd, and it was amazing. Uh, yes. Uh, so parents, I know a lot of you have reached out already. If you haven't done so, reach out to Heather. Tell her thank you. She did an amazing job. We had a, a great group of volunteers. I would name them all, but I don't know them, and I don't want to leave anybody left out. So we'll uh, we'll acknowledge them um, in our email, but we could not have done that uh, without them. One of the things Heather loves to say, if you, if you talk to her, she'll say, you can't give away what you don't have. And so the, this week of VBS was just her giving away what, what she really experienced of meeting the Good Shepherd uh, through Psalm 23 and, and introduced our kids to it. So um, I got to come Friday and watch the kids worship together. It was amazing, all the dancing and, and singing that they were doing. So um, really thankful for Heather and, and the work that she does here. Yes, yeah, give her, give her a hand. Um, well, now I get to introduce our guest speaker. Um, she's familiar to a lot of you, but some of you may not know her. Um, Jacqueline Furness has been a part of this church for over 20 years, right? Has been, was on staff for quite a long time and now has um, a great ministry helping people uh, experience inner healing. Um, I was thinking about this. I, I couldn't find it, but there's this quote that John Wimber has about, you know, once you've prayed for a thousand people, it's a whole new game. I've, I'm sure Jacqueline's probably sat with a thousand people, at least a thousand people, and so it was. It's now it's a whole new ball game uh, for her. But one of the, one of the many things I appreciate about her, um, well, actually a couple of things I'll mention. One, she just, she loves people really well. She loves this church. Really wants people to walk in freedom. Loves to just sit with them and and see what God uh, wants to do and is doing in their lives. Um, and so if, that, if there's anything stirring within you, reach out to her, uh, set up a time uh, to do that. And then the other is, even though she has so much um, knowledge and experience about inner healing and, and what God can and does do, she's always growing. I got to sit in a meeting with her a couple of weeks ago, and she was sharing with us things she, she was learning. So she, I love that she's continuing to press into. She could write multiple books on inner healing, and yet she's still uh, learning from others. Um, so Jacqueline, why don't you come on up? Let's encourage Jacqueline. So I'm going to pray for her. If you want to, just extend a hand uh, in agreement. Uh, I'll pray for Jacqueline and then hand it over to her. Father, we thank you uh, for Jacqueline. Thank you for her faithfulness to you. Uh, for the ways that she has experienced what she's going to talk about um, and that she just hungers and thirsts for more of you, more of your work in her life and um, how you've used that um, to help others experience freedom and healing. And so we just, we bless her in Jesus' name. Thank you for this message that you have for her and um, we just ask for open hearts and ears to hear and receive uh, what you have for us through Jacqueline this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good morning. 
It is such a pleasure to be here and to stand here and to share what I have to share, not because I figured something out, but because I get to sit with so many people and they get to tell me. And so this is a story of almost 40 years of just listening and sharing the testimony of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. But before I do that, I came, we, we came, my family came to this church 26 years ago. We came, the, when we got here, VBS was the first thing that we attended. And so we have done, I have done VBS for 26 years in one form or another. It is just such a place. And we were talking, I was in the toddler room this, this week, and we were talking about kids won't remember the story. They probably won't remember um, what it was even about, but what they will remember is how well-loved they were how they got to sit on somebody's lap, that they got to have someone look into their eye and say, good job, you're great, we're so happy you're here. Now, that has been true, I think, up until this VBS. I have never <laughs> seen as many kids grab a hold of the songs and praise and love and do hand motions and shimmy their way into the heart of Jesus. It, it was amazing just to watch the kids walk out in singing the song, to know that they have the language of the Good Shepherd. I mean, Heather did a phenomenal job of the people who stepped up and honoring, but more importantly, communicating an atmosphere of Jesus is in the house or for them in the field. I just, it was thrilling to see, truly thrilling. I'm so happy for them. There, I'm going to set this up in a couple ways, so I'm going to just be patient with you for a minute. Because I'm going to talk about the four stages of transformation we're going to talk about victim, survivor, overcomer, and surrender. Those victim doesn't happen by ourselves. It happens when external forces affect our lives. Because of that, you have to heal with others. You cannot do it alone. Not that God doesn't do miraculous things with our lives in our prayer time just because he wants to while we're walking down the street, or amazing. But generally, to walk in the fullness of God is to help. And, and my intent is for you not only to walk in the fullness of God, but the fullness of yourself and others. So I'm going to encourage you, if you are not in some kind of group, get in a group. Regardless of the, where, the stages that you're in, we grow in capacity to receive more. And a group is what builds capacity. It also may just be painful and difficult if you're in a bad place and they can't meet your need. Or it can be just amazing and miraculous if they can. It does, the people isn't what is important. Your is what is important to stay. There are also, we are a church that values healing and values maturity 
and wholeness. And so I just want to encourage you, if anything gets just highlighted to you in any way, Celebrate Recovery is available. Our Celebrate Recovery is in kind of a unique place. So, but reach out to them because there are a lot of Celebrate Recoveries and they can help steer you to one. It is a way for you to walk steps into surrender. We have Sozo. Becky and Sarah, they are leading our Sozo team. It is just a, Sozo at the very basic is a way to connect to God in yourself. Any small group or community, go to the healing rooms, anything that just allows you to touch and be touched is gonna help you build the capacity to walk in the fullness of who God is and who you are. I gave this talk um, at the prayer conference last year. So if you were there, this is gonna sound really familiar. And I am so happy to announce that this year we are going to do it again on September 28th and 29th. So put it in your calendar if you get a chance. Not gonna do this talk, but I do have something I wanna share. All right, last little thing before I start. Your will is not your friend in transformation. And so if you've lived the life that says, I can will myself to change, I can will myself, I can create enough control and self-will to make my life be different, I'm gonna tell you that's a painful, difficult, and generally unsuccessful way to be able to walk out your life. And so in transformation, Transformation happens when God comes and does the work. And that's the easy button. The hard button is to gear yourself up to be different than who you are. Transformation is just, God, I give you permission. I am willing. So if you think about that, um, think about any temptation to say, I am going to, and in my own strength, and surely God will bless this. This has not been a particularly successful path for very many people. The other thing that I have to just laugh at God, because this just happened to me in worship, I wanted to, I could title this, I titled it The Four Stages of Transformation because it came to me as I was sitting with, with a friend and she was telling her testimony. And when she got to the, I'm an overcomer, she stopped. And the Lord said, we as believers never stop at the overcomer. We stop at the surrender because it's at the surrender that transformation happens. And we become and we take our rightful place into the community of the kingdom. But I could have also titled it hope. Because it's hope that actually is the inv invitation to change. And so this, this year my word was hope. And as many of you might get a word and go, oh, I hate that word. It just didn't feel like it was a big enough word. Wasn't, wasn't powerful, wasn't like, God, help me lean into something new and significant. 
And I'm sitting there and God just said, I walk in a gift of faith, but my gift to the people I sit with is hope. And all of a sudden God said, that I wanted you to know this power and the significance and the value of my hope. I'm going to give Catherine Donnelly, who was just sitting there, 100% credit for this because it changed everything that I did. She made a statement at one time and said, you know how the world says pain generates change? If you get enough pain, you're going to make a different decision. And she came and said, no, it's hope. It's when Jesus sends that little thread of light into the darkness of our lives, that all of a sudden we have the ability and the desire and the hope to say it could be different. And we start reaching out instead of in. It's, everything changed when she gave me that statement. Because now I look into my own life and into the places of my own pain and my own places of being a victim and look for the hope. God, where's the hope in that? Where are you, where are you shining that I don't want to see? Okay, so those, those two. I'm going to start with Isaiah 61.1, and it just is. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. I want to emphasize, and I just want to, because this just helped me so much. I'm sharing it with you. This is a basic premise of Sozo, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Have you ever wondered, the question that Sozo asks is, what, where are you captive and where are you a prisoner? And a captive is when something just happens to you, right? Life happens. I'm in a call when life, people, circumstances, um, events, um, buildings, whatever, the thing, okay? So when that thing happens, if you're a captive, you're going to look at that thing and you are going to brush it off. You're going to look and say, not me, that's you, not about me, all about you, whatever that circumstance is. And they walk out of that moment of captivity completely free. A prisoner has accepted the darkness. They bought in to the enemy's lie, to the mindset that they already had embedded that somehow that's me, I deserve it, I'm unlovable. This wouldn't happen to me if God wasn't doing something with me, for me, to me. Once we're prisoners, we have to be able to walk out, not only of the prison, but the mentality of a prisoner. And that's truly the steps of, the, of transformation, is we are clearing the way so that we are not prisoners of the thing. So let's just start. So victim is the first one of these. It's interesting, the definition of victim has been you've been harmed. So, real simple, 
I would say it goes a little bit deeper because it's an onslaught of your identity, your sense of safety, and your ability to act with power and vulnerability. You can be a victim to person, places, the thing. People, a family member, a niece of mine, she put this on Facebook so I can freely share it, is the most outgoing, powerful, exciting, grounded person that I know. She ends up in an abusive marriage. She has just walked out of that abuse, finally, and I'll tell you this miraculous story. She walks out of the abuse, she's telling her people at work that she's getting a divorce, and all of them have one question. Why you? How could that happen to you? You're smarter, you're powerful, you're more than, this can't be true. And she could only, she couldn't say, I, and did say, I am all those things here, but I'm none of those things at home. Because once she bought into the lies, once she believed that it was the, her choice, the lie that it, she chose to live in the darkness, it's now her burden to bear. And that's what victims feel like and do, and it's why we want to resist it so badly. Like, we don't want to be victims. We have a culture <laughs> that is all about success and achievement. So to admit the vulnerability of saying, I'm stuck, I'm powerless in the situation, I'm hopeless in the situation, I cannot trust myself to know the truth, I sure don't trust God to get me out of it, and people have proven unworthy. I can't trust people. In a victim mentality, the one thing that you are is you believe you are a victim. Your identity in this thing is about that. I have one of my closest friends, and one of the things they say is, the past is the past. Can't change it. Can't do anything about it. I just have to endure it. That's a victim mentality. That you are, that God ever intends us to be the product of our past. He is, we are the absolute child of God in everything that that means. And it's our job to lean into it. Okay, so you identify, and what I'm hoping and praying is that there's something that God is just highlighting to you, an area where you may have been walking as a victim. That you have seen yourself hopeless and powerless and that you just don't even trust. Survivor means it didn't kill you. So you're all survivors, at least, because you are here and present. But what survivor says is my life has been forever altered by this thing. I am only hanging on to the places that, are, that almost haven't killed me. So it may not have taken your life out, but it's taken joy, it's taken hope, it's taken love, it's altered how you relate to the world. 
And so a survivor is alive, and then hope happens. That sliver of however it comes. So talking about my niece, she, she's making a call to a customer who has not been happy with the service. So she's all prepared to have this very professional call. And on the other line, now realize that she is in the depth of this abuse. On the other line is a prophetic voice. And this guy says, you know, I don't really care about that. What I really want to do is let you know the Lord loves you. I'm sensing that you are in a really dangerous position and a dangerous place. And that's never God's intent for you. Hour later, tears pouring down her face, she gets a glimmer of hope from a stranger who had the courage to say, this is what I think God's telling me. From that hope, things can start to change. Now, from that hope, you start hearing things different in your life. You can now start healing. You're not running away from being a victim. You're not reframing it. You're not justifying it. You're not trying to make sense of it. You are now looking to the world and say, wow, this is not all who I am. And you start the process of healing. You start be out of hope, connecting to God, in a completely different way. Our favorite, I'll just say, and anyone who does healing, our favorite people are the people who are coming as survivors because they have some capacity and desire to be different. Most painful people are victims who 99% of those people have been sent by somebody else just in desperate hope that they can be, have something done. That is a complete reasonable reason to come. Like, I don't think that's a negative. It's just on us. We're looking for, how can I bring hope? How can I bring hope? How can I bring hope? And until they're ready, you can't bring hope. That miraculous moment, like our salvation, it happens between that person and God. But how can we build capacity for it? And that's where groups really are important. And that's where your testimony is everything. And so a little, little advice. Don't tell people what to do. It does not help. It does not help to tell someone, you're lonely and don't have friends. And I desperately want friends to say, be a friend if you want to have a friend. Because that works in an overcomer world. As a victim, all you have learned is that there are no friends. And even if you wanted to be my friend, I'm going to make sure you're not, because that's all I can tolerate. But what you can do is give your testimony. Boy, this is how I walk in friendship. You know, when I felt that way, this is how I walked. This is what I did. This is what the Lord told me. No expectation that they're going to grab your story and live it. But all you're doing is giving hope you know what? He did it for me. If he did it for me, do you think he could do it for you? And you're just planting the seeds. Can't change anybody's life. Only God can do that. But you can be that beacon of hope.
So in your survivor mode, one of the things that we want to do is try to make sense of what happened to us. So in this, this is the moment where we start being able to look at a thing from a little bit different perspective. If we can admit we were a victim to it, we can just trash all of the reframing we've done. And now in Survivor, we can start looking at a different perspective. We might, down the road, be able to look at your part. But you know, you can't look at your part until you look at how you were a victim. Then you can step in because you have to have clarity and understanding of your own value and your own identity before you can step in to say, yes, I had a part to play. If we start doing that too early, what happens to us? We just reframe the victim, it's my fault. And as long as we live in it's my fault, we don't get the freedom that we're looking for. But as we start walking into healing, as we start willing to walk into group, as we're willing to kind of allow God to change the lens of our life, trust will get a little stronger. You can start doing the work of trusting God. And you can do the work of trusting yourself because what erodes first as a victim is, I can't trust myself. I can't do what everybody else in the world would do. It is fun to watch transformation happen in this stage. Another advice or not, this is also the stage that people want to take meaning for their life. This happened to me because God wants me to create a ministry, give my testimony, um, write a book. I have to make sense of why this thing happened. And it feels like the only way to make sense is to give that thing value. And I'm going to tell you, that's not, this is not the time and place to start that story. Allow you, yourself to say, you know what? I've just survived this. I want to live. I want to know what it's like to live freely and, and not this be the only thread. You know that you're walking in this survivor when most of your story is around this thing. I love as you're parting from victim to, to survivor, you're leaving the I am this thing to this thing happened to me. Someone took something from me and I want it back. You start gaining some of your identity. You start gaining some of your relationship back with God and other people. This is a perfect time to walk in. I love and the reason I'm in a vineyard is there is no expectation that you ever have to put your Sunday best on. You don't have to walk into any group, any circumstances, in any place and say, I've got this. Mostly we walk in a mess. And if we're really honest, we walk in more than a mess. We're walking in the atmosphere of it. So we've been walking, survivor. And then as we've gotten healing and 
capacity, we make that move into overcomer. Overcomer means that you have moved away, you're connected, but you've moved away from the thing that has power and control over you. You start owning your own power and your own sense of self. Your hope and trust is restored in yourself and you're willing to lean in, not to finding your identity, but to actually living in your identity. Your relationship with God and others are starting to lean into your own vulnerability and authority. Now, the world would say, this is the time to start a ministry, set up a memorial, do a campaign for awareness, tell your story for impact about the thing. But as believers, we're not ready. We're not done yet. It is valuable and significant to feel like my story matters, but I'm gonna tell you that in surrender, your life matters. And that's where we wanna live out of. The, the personhood of who God created us, the relationship that God's inviting us into, and allowing that to spill into our relationships with others. So we've walked an overcomer. We have everybody cheering for us. We've got the world saying, good job. And you get to talk about how hard it was in the journey. And who would have thought you could be here now? And now is the greatest privilege of all as a believer. We now know the story. We now know it from a victim, from a survivor, and an overcomer. We know all of the ins and outs of this thing. We have come and empowered back who we are. And I'm going to ask you to be able to do the hardest and the easiest two tensions to give it all to God. All of the story, every part of it. And we're willing to say, God, I know that I'm powerful now and I choose to give that power to you. God, I know that I have worked so hard to trust, but I'm gonna give that trust. I know that all the measure of hope you've given me in this journey, I'm going to give back to you. I am going to surrender, give back everything that you have done. Because God's greatest authority and power and presence happens in the surrender. Because he will take your whole story, wash it in the blood of Jesus, return it back to you, with the truth. Not the truth of your experience, but the truth from God's perspective. And it's in surrender where we find we live from God's perspective. And I am just so excited because we become more alive. We become who we're called to be. It's interesting because as you surrender, one of the things you'll realize is, boy, I have given hope. The hope I have that has carried me through this journey to you, Jesus, and what you have given me back is grace and mercy. I know how to live 
from, from grace, for myself and for others. I know what mercy is. You get to walk with the impact of your life, your whole life, that helps to bring freedom and restoration to the world. And so what is interesting is in your surrender, one of the things that you'll notice is for some of you where you walk this journey, thread it all away from that thing, is not actually the thing about your life at all. And you're going, oh, I thought in Survivor and Overcomer that this was my testimony. And then once you've surrendered it all, God comes back and says, no, that was a journey. That was hard. Sorry about that. But this is who you are because of it. And you know what? That is a sideline. That is a, oh, by the way, yeah, this hard thing happened to me. But what I'm here to tell you, my testimony is about this. And when we're caught, when we're threaded through the thing, we do not see the fullness of our life. Only through God's eyes do we get to do it. Now, some of you, it is the thing. You know, some of you, God is going, you've walked this journey because you are called to give it away. Build the ministry, create the testimony, make a memorial, write the book, but do it from a place of God's perspective, not your perspective. Because if you want to impact, if you want to make a difference, wait to the end of the story. Wait until you understand the why. The fun, and this is true in overcoming, but more so in surrender, is I'm a big why. I feel like if I'm in a relationship with God, I can fully ask, why did you do that? Why, where were you? How come you didn't intervene? Where were, you know? I think that's a relationship. I want to understand you, God, as I want to understand myself. You can't ask why until you're ready to hear the answer. And you can't, you're not ready to hear the answer until you're willing to hear it from God's perspective. So wait, because you're going to get a bunch of your own head whys, because we see so limited. And when you're seeing from your own perspective, you're going to go in fighting or building a case or walking in justice and all of those things. But if you can wait and do the work, reach a point of surrender, God is happy to sit down and explain what the heck has happened to you. Why is the most intimate relationship word, I think, because it takes courage, it takes perspective, it takes a willingness to see it from a different way, and it's willing to trust. The goal of surrender is to live vulnerable and powerful. The goal of the stages is to learn to recover quickly. I'm not going to tell you, get this in an area of your life, and boy, you will never be a victim again. Because it just doesn't happen that way. Our, we just live in a broken world. 
we're going to suffer. We're going to be a victim to some crazy thing out there. But in as believers, we have a recovery process that can get faster and faster and faster. So the first time through, maybe it takes you, you know, a year. And the second time, six months. And this next time, you are really have capacity and you can process through it fast. You will not process as fast if you choose to do it alone. So community is everything in this. I did, and if, you, if this is of, at all of interest to you, um, in my notes is a crafted prayer, a way for you to walk and declare. So if you're in any one of these stages and you're just trying to build capacity, you build capacity by declaring the truth. God is not expecting you to live that truth until that truth becomes who you are. What you are just simply saying is, I agree with this truth. So your life scripture, any declarations that you know are true, and if you struggle with it, like, I don't know what's true, then find people who love you. Get a sozo. Come into relationship with people, particularly people in this church, because they can tell you the truth, and you say that over and over. Not be because it does not help, may help you, doesn't help to plead to God. Help me, God, because I am a wreck. Right? You get to say that a couple times, and God has got it. Now you want to build capacity to change. God, the truth is, never forsaken me. I am a child of God. You love me. I am worthy of your time and energy. Whatever the truth is for you, all of those, so they're all there. But what I would like to do, and if I can just have the ministry team come up, what I would love you to do, whether that is sitting in your chair with another person, you can come up, talking to another person, stranger or not, doesn't matter, I want you to be able to, if there is an area in your life where you do not have hope, but you are willing to let hope enter in, to come up. I want you, if you have lived, if you are in that place where hope is there, but you need more capacity, I would love to have you come up. And I love, if you are an overcomer getting ready to surrender, that hope in order to walk through the lens of God, again, there is power in telling the story. So you don't have to tell your whole story. You can just say, I need right now. Ministry time is one of the most amazing because this is the time where you can get freedom from being a captive. If something happened to you, come and just get brushed off. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting and just get brushed off. If you find that place of darkness and you want to begin the journey, come up and let somebody pray for you. If you have just a basic need, right, this is what the ministry team is for. 
but they are no respecter. They're happy to pray for physical healing. They're willing, you know, bless your vacation, pray for your child, pray for your marriage. Like, I just want a blessing. Like, there does not have to be a crisis for prayer in this church. There just has to be a desire for more. Good. On that note, I'm going to just do a short close. Father God, I thank you that you have taught me the value of hope. And I ask that you would just release that value of hope into each and every one of the people who hear this. God, thank you that you are a God that is relentless in his pursuit for us. That your desire is to do all the heavy lifting. And your only requirement for us is to be available. All in your name, Jesus. Amen.